Welcome to My Garden, My Life, a podcast designed to inspire you to think about your garden and your relationship with it. I'm Sarah Layton, garden designer founder of Growthfully, and my mission is to help you make the most of the joyful possibilities of your garden, to get designing and gardening and enhance your day-to-day well-being. The space outside your door, be it large or small, can literally change your life. These conversations start with our gardens and plants, but also travel to a world of unexpected subjects that matter. And I absolutely love having them. Before we get started, I want to let you know that today's episode is the final one in this first season of My Garden, My Life. I've really loved having these conversations and there are several more fascinating guests lined up. However, I feel I need a bit of time off. I hadn't realised just how full-on an activity podcasting is. Next season, the episodes will be released fortnightly, which was actually my plan before Corona made its appearance. And it won't be long before I'm back, just a matter of weeks. So in the meantime, do please keep safe, keep gardening, and subscribe to be sure of getting the podcast delivered when we do start up again. My guest today is Annabelle Padwick. With a history of anxiety and panic attacks, Annabelle came back to gardening and growing her own in her 20s. And at age 27, realising how much gardening had helped her, she conceived and created Life at Number 27, which is a social enterprise providing in-school support through gardening and, more recently, an allotment programme for adults. We talked about Annabelle's own garden, along a towpath near Oxford as she lives on a boat. Her programmes for young people and about the importance of gardening for mental health. So wherever you are, pottering around in your kitchen, engaging in something crafty with your hands, or outside doing a spot of planting or weeding, I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. And if you're not doing any of those things and wish you were, please do take a moment today to engage with what you want, connect with nature and make space for yourself, because you matter. And just one more thing before we get started. It's become apparent that the recording on Annabelle's side isn't as good as I'd like it to be. After about seven or eight minutes, there's some technical interference. Could be because she was sitting on her boat accessing Wi-Fi from her phone. I really hope that it doesn't bother you too much. Hello, Annabelle. Hello. Hello. Lovely to hear you. It's such a rainy day out there. I know. It is really rainy here. Yeah. (laughs) I've had to work quite hard this morning to um, pick up my mood, really. But I'm sitting here. I'm actually, I've got a candle and some flowers. Oh, lovely. I'm looking out of a window where it's very, very wet. And that's okay, isn't it? Yeah, I I keep thinking to myself, like, obviously, we can't be outside. And I've loved being outside the last couple of weeks. But then I also, I, for me, I, I have to imagine all the plant roots and they must be absolutely loving it. They must be wiggling and dancing with joy with all this natural oh, rainwater. <laughs> wiggling and dancing for joy. So yes. That's how I think of it because sometimes they just end up getting water like from the tap or whatever. And they're getting so much natural rainwater, which is obviously so much better for them. So, yeah, I always think of that when I'm thinking, oh, I wish I was outside. I think, no, it's their time. It's their time to dance now instead of mine. I've got to relax while they dance now. So. Oh, that's such a lovely way of thinking about it. And I have been glad that my garden's getting water, just not so much this morning. (laughs) It's been a few days now. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, 
Um, so would you like to introduce yourself and tell us about your garden? Of course. So my main thing I do, I suppose, is I'm the founder of Life at Number 27, which is a gardening and wellbeing therapy social enterprise, which provides, as I sort of said, gardening and wellbeing sort of therapy to children and adults that are struggling with low confidence, low self-esteem, early mental health challenges, and try and support them as much as I can. And then I also look after the National Growing for Wellbeing Week. So they're my two main priorities a lot of the time. And in terms of my garden, I have, I have a slightly different garden. So I live on a narrowboat, which sometimes would mean that I don't actually have a garden. But we're very fortunate where we are, we're moored. We have a very wide area of towpath. It's about five meters wide, which means that I can sort of create a garden without it impacting too much on the actual path and disturbing people coming through. So gradually over the last year, I've developed it into a about 65 foot long, four rows deep container garden, which is my baby. Amazing. So does that mean that you can stay on this mooring? Do you, I mean, your, your garden's in containers anyway, so you can lift it up and take it with you, I presume. But are you, do you plan to stay where you are for, for quite a while? Yes, we plan to stay here for a good probably couple of years yet. But I've, I, I always keep joking that when we do ever move, I think it's going to take a bigger lorry to move all the plants than it is to move the actual stuff inside the boat uh, because there's so many. Gosh, so tell us, I know you do lots of veg and and that's a big thing for you. And I've been watching you on Instagram with your leek and... What was the other thing? A lettuce of some? It's a Chinese leaf. Chinese leaf, that's it. Yeah. Tell us about those because they've been amazing to watch. Thanks. Yes. My, as you've said, my absolute passion is growing veg. And I've never done regrowing veg. I've always done normal growing veg outside, whether it's an allotment or in containers. And I've been looking, looking at the idea of it and we started just thought, oh, let's just play around with it. Because you end up you like just throwing away the ends of different vegetables, especially the ones that like like the Chinese leaf and other ones, you just throw away the bottom. And I just thought, oh, actually, like you can just replant it or re- put it in some water. And so I thought, yeah, let's just give it a go. So it's all a bit of trial and error. It's all an experiment, which actually is really fun. And yes. the leeks have done tremendously. It's been a bit of a test. So we've worked out really you need to leave the bo- about an inch of the bottom of the leek. Any less than that it doesn't do so well it's done it's done well but nowhere near as well so and you literally just put the bottom of it into a little shallow dish of water ideally a clear dish seems to work a lot better than a non-clear dish oh that's interesting to get the light all the way around exactly and it's amazing because you watch suddenly all these roots grow which i love to see because normally you don't get to see the roots in plants grow because they're under the soil so this you get to see all the roots grow and then you get to see all the top growth regrowing again so, and then you can cut it off and put it into dishes. So, yeah, we tried the leeks. And then once they started growing, I got a bit carried away. I was like, what else can mm-hmm. we do? So we've started doing regrowing a lettuce, which has started to do really well. And the Chinese leaf, as I said, which I posted, is doing really well as well. So then, yeah, that we can just cut off and put back into meals again. So, yeah, it's just a fun experiment. I think you can do it with quite a few different and and do you think you're going to be able to keep it going and going and going? You sort of chop it off and leave. Do you have to? Are you feeding the water? We're not feeding it, so we're so I'm changing the water every couple of days 
I'm just because of once when it soaks up a lot of water but if it hasn't soaked it all up then I just change the water anyway yeah. just yeah. give it some nicer water um but that that's all I'm doing at the moment so I'm not sure entirely what sure we're going to do when we've cut it off and then use that in the food so there's no harm in cutting it off and then seeing what happens again see if it will grow again so I might play with that and keep you updated a couple of people have asked whether you can plant them in the ground and I'm not sure I've not tried it so I'm not giving any answer because I'm not saying a definite answer because I don't I don't know um I suppose there's no reason why not it shouldn't because especially because you've obviously created a good root system again but I've not tried it I could could do it with one of them and see how it goes as another experiment I think yeah I think it's a great chance to play around I think that's a good I think that's a good idea an experiment I'm thinking about the amaryllis bulbs that I've had this year which I have got currently standing I didn't actually plant them in soil at all I put them in well they're meant they're meant to be for hyacinths you know those sort of wide and then they go narrow and then they go wide again vases which are clear and I've had my amaryllis standing in those which did incredibly well and now they are just drinking water and being leaves and I'm wondering at what point I could whether I need to feed them probably and then let them die down so that they're ready for next year so it's a kind of similar thing although of course your leek hasn't got its food source right there has it it's it's got to have its food where which is going to be on the sun and the water isn't it yeah so with your garden on the towpath I'm imagining that it's it's like me and my garden I pop out and have a little look in fact I go in my dressing gown I don't suppose you do go in your dressing gown if you're on the towpath it depends on the time to be honest be totally honest if it's really really early I have gone out there in like pajama bottoms and just a really big baggy top and just run out there and gone and then come back in again but just so I can have a quick look how early are we talking you're looking at like six maybe yeah when people are not really going to be around yeah not so much I have been caught in my front garden in my dressing gown examining the pots by my front door and the and and maybe even watering my front flower bed and I kind of People look at me a bit strange, but, you know, there we go. It's your home. (laughs) It is my home, exactly. And those mornings when it's a beautiful sunny day and I can't wait to get out and have a look, I really understand you popping out in your pyjamas. I think that's just lovely, isn't it? Yeah, I think at the end of the day it is our home. So, yeah, I just sort of try and embrace that too much. And if people come past, obviously it's the towpath, so anyone can come past at any time. But I still want it to feel like like our garden as well and our space so it's try and get that balance right yeah and if you've got pajamas that are quite sort of civilized nobody's going to know any difference actually are they necessarily if they did bump exactly. into <laughs> <laughs> so well-being and gardens is your big thing the gardening connection with your well-being is what got you started isn't it on this journey to creating life at number 27 do you want to tell us a little bit about how that came to be and your connection with gardening? Absolutely. I couldn't be without gardening, I don't think. I, I, mm. I, wouldn't be, I couldn't be without gardening. I think I did bits of gardening as a kid. So, for example, my grandparents loved gardening. Um, they were super passionate about it. And I remember my nan and granddad having the most incredible garden. One from a 
view just to look at it perspective but also as a child I would call it the perfect hide and seek garden just because there were so many different places that you could hide and little paths that they'd weaved in in between the plants and it was just yeah I absolutely loved it and then my dad had an allotment for a little bit when we were growing up so I used to go to there and help him out and then as I grew up and was a teenager then I wasn't interested at all to be honest sometimes I wish I had been because things might have been a bit different but yeah no I wasn't interested at all and then I eventually picked it back up but not till I was 26 and I was desperately basically looking for something that was going to help me because I'd been through a series of different mental health challenges in terms of low confidence which I'd always had low self-esteem all different things and then at that point I was just trying to find something that I thought would take me beyond the point of just doing I call it doing life not living life I wanted to I actually wanted to live life and not just do life I call that thriving Yes, exactly. I wanted to thrive and I just thought I couldn't find anything else. And then when I was younger, in my, about 21, I'd been to my GP because at that point I was struggling to go outside my front door. It got that bad with the anxiety. And they offered me tablets or group cognitive behavioural therapy, so talking therapy. And I tried the talking therapy and I just really didn't like it. It didn't work in a group setting for me. Yeah, very, very personal, isn't it? Whether group helps and what therapy helps and... It's all very individual. Yeah, exactly. And I just thought I tried it and I just I felt actually it just brought me down more than it lifted me up. So I thought this isn't the right thing. So I left, but that was the only two options at that point. So I sort of had to go in sort of pushing myself and pushing myself on my own limits until I got better. But I still got to this point, as I said, where I was still feeling like I was just sort of doing life. And then, yeah, when I was 26, I decided to move to Oxfordshire and started looking at an allotment straight away just because I had this feeling that it might help when I thought it could help save me some money because I was spending a lot of money on fruit and vegetables at the time but I also thought yeah what if it can help so put myself on the allotment waiting list which was six months in the meantime where I lived then had a garden and whilst it was rented so I couldn't do anything technically in like with the main space it was just sort of mow the lawn keep it maintained I went and got loads and loads of containers and I sort of went up to the local garden centre and I didn't really know what I was doing because I'd forgotten it all and said to the guy, I just want to learn how to grow my own food again. And the guy was brilliant because he just showed me the most basic pots and compost and then said, pick food that you like to grow, pick the seeds for those. And I went back and sort of just sowed the lot. And that was where I felt left, where I first learned one of my biggest lessons of gardening and growing your own food in particular is that you have a lot of successes and also a lot of failures, especially if you don't read the seed packets. (laughs) But I just got so excited that I just wanted, I just wanted to sow everything. But then as soon as everything started, the main thing started germinating, that was a big catalyst for the change in me. And it just clicked in my brain like nothing else clicked. And what was that like? How was it to capture, capture is the wrong word, but to, to suddenly find something that was making a difference I imagine that that was just a real wow a wide eye kind of experience yeah it was huge and it was it was super exciting as well I think for me because then I was was just hooked on it because it was this it was it was hope that's how I saw it as I saw every little seed that in my eyes and and in a lot of people's eyes a seed looks like absolutely nothing well, it looks like it's sometimes it's sometimes you can't even you can barely see them. 
you, but you don't think oh that you don't it doesn't look like it has the potential of what they do and I thought and I looked after it and I've nurtured them and I've given them food in terms of the soil I've given them water and I've given them love and I've given them care and they've grown into this amazing produce that I can eat and some of them are ginormous like a pumpkin and a marrow others are smaller but each of them showed me that actually this is an amazing magical transformation and it got me thinking about what if I can apply that same theory and methodology to myself and also any dreams or goals that I've got in terms of getting out the, the current situation that I was in at the time and just going after bigger goals and bigger ambitions. So like you were the seed? Yes. And if you watered and nurtured and put yourself in enough sunlight and fresh air and gardening, that you too had the potential to turn into a wonderful flowering, vegetable growing plant. Into anything I wanted, yeah, and into anything I wanted to be. As long as I can picture it and I can see it, somehow I can see it and I can do all that process of caring caring for myself. Yeah giving me what I need to be able to do it, then there's no reason why not. And you're being fantastically successful, aren't you, in terms of what you're achieving and who you're helping and you've got a book coming out soon. And it's just lovely to see how well you're doing. And so inspiring, I imagine, for the young people that you work with. So I know you work in school with younger teenagers don't you yes so half of my time normally I would be I work with 12 to 15 year old girls so year seven sometimes into year 10 and it's either one-to-one or groups of six girls with a mixture as I said of the gardening stuff so it's, a lot of it's around growing your own food but we do do they do planting bowls we do planting seeds and we also do digging and weeding so we do all those traditional what you'd class as garden things but I weave it in with well-being discussions around natural beauty around friendships around all those sort of key conversations that need to be done and I would talk about mental health all the different challenges they're going through and how they can face them and it's it's also about making gardening relevant as well because sometimes not everybody wants to dig or weed or if you say that to a teenage girl well, they look at you. They look at you like they're telling you where to go, basically. Um, sometimes they're not polite. They're not. They are that little bit polite. They don't actually say it, but you can tell that they're just like it's not that exciting. Like it's not. I was someone told me to weed. I wouldn't have been that excited at fourteen either. Exactly. But once you start, yeah, it's that magic, isn't it? Because it has so much more achieve, sense of achievement and connection with the soil and that whole well-being thing of just being connected with the soil that makes us feel so much better exactly they just absolutely once they get going they absolutely love it and I had one girl that sort of didn't want to get involved at one point and we were weeding and she stood back and was watching everyone else sort of do it but didn't want to do it and then I said just give it a go and she started just pulling out all these weeds and then she just looked at me and she went do you know what and I said what she went I'm just going to think of all the people I hate and I said crack on and she's there and she's pulling them all out and that's that's the whole reason of it one obviously we need to weed the garden but that's not really the reason I do it with them it's about showing them actually one they need to pull the weed out because it's a great stress relief but two it's about clearing space in your in that garden or clearing space in your mind to make room for beautiful things absolutely and and, and, and new and new friendships new dreams new different things it's about that's why I do it so it's 
that's more around it or you'll see children that are technically seen as challenging behavior which is an interesting word anyway because I think actually most people that show challenging behavior have actually got a lot of there's there's underlying reasons behind that challenging behavior but you'll see those that don't want to do it and all of a sudden you just leave them for a bit and they'll be getting their hands in the stool and hunting for worms and naming worms and it's you suddenly see a totally different child yes it's, it's amazing what it can do I'm just thinking about that young girl who didn't want to dig and then discovered that actually she could really get a feeling and express her frustration and anger at the people she didn't like and the people she was angry with and what she's getting you know from a sort of therapeutic point of view is a is a real experience of her anger and how that feels and what she can do to release it and be productive and constructive in the same process and as you said it's all such good stuff thanks and it's in a safe space as well isn't it there's not many places where any of us whether whatever age we can release our anger and our frustrations yeah in a safe place there's not many spaces where we can do that and share and actually say to another adult to an adult who is there to be and make space for us actually this is how I'm feeling I'm going to pull these weeds out and they're going to be all the people I'm so angry with yeah it's just fantastic she may never have been able to say that to anyone yeah and that's what it's about it's about giving one obviously it's doing the activities but actually it's just giving them all I'm there for is to give them the space I'm not a teacher so even when they try and call me they sometimes call me miss I say I'm not miss I'm Annabelle because I'm here to just literally give them the space to explore their minds whilst creating new things. They always achieve something at the end of every task, every session. That's so important for me. And I'm also there that hopefully that I'm someone that they can relate to and they'll find out all about me and everything that I've been through. And it shows them actually that they're not on their own. And by being with the other girls, they learn that they're not on their own in their thought processes as well. So it's, yeah, it's good. It's working on so many levels. And having you as an inspiration, relatively young compared, well, you probably aren't any younger than their teachers, actually, but you're there in a really different capacity, aren't you? In a clear capacity with your first name rather than as, a, as someone who's in authority. And that's just so valuable. Gosh, I wish I'd had that when I was at school. Yeah, so do I. And that's where it's all come from. That's where every single thing, reason, every single thing that I do and why I do it, it all comes back to in a slightly selfish way it's not but it is is creating a series of programs that I think would have helped me all the different stages in my life that I didn't have so it's yeah and hoping that it helps other people and it and it does it's I've seen I've seen the evidence and the proof that it does work which is even better (laughs) and what's it like for you what are you getting out of out of this experience of sharing well sharing yourself sharing your gardening knowledge, sharing your therapeutic and well-being experience. What's it like for you? What, what, what inspires you and what's the experience like for you? I just think it's, it's so rewarding that I, it's, it's hard to put it into words properly, how rewarding it is, just because you get to see such a transformation. And sometimes, actually, it's, it can be a really subtle change. It can be seeing someone smile which someone might else might not notice but I'll notice it might be seeing a child talk to somebody else for the first time when I've been told they wouldn't normally talk to people and then for other people it's something totally different so every child it's a different 
you're aiming for something different with every child. So it's in, it's always an interesting dynamic because you start with six and for each thing you've got an individual sort of goal in your head of what would be great to achieve or get to. And yeah, it's so rewarding when you do. It's challenging at times as well because you're suddenly you, you're you've got to adapt constantly, and if something doesn't work, you're thinking it's going to work, and you go in there and actually it doesn't work because of the particular mood that person's in. But you're working very much in the moment, aren't you? You're using yourself as your tools, really, aren't you? You're, you're you're using the experience of being with you as the learning opportunity for the girl. Yes, yes. So it's a constant learn. It's a constant learning process, um, and that's why I always say to girls, actually, tell me what you like and what you don't like, because I'm constantly adapting, and there will be things they they always have to do, and I will yes. always keep in no matter what. But there'll be things that I can I can tweak and I can change. And actually, if they're all not in the mood to do what I've set them to do, do you know what? We're not going to do it. I'll set them something else to do. I'll give them a selection of options and they can pick out of those. Um, it's about giving them the space. So, yeah, it's so rewarding. And it's also quite surreal in a way. If that sounds, I don't know if that sounds weird, but it's a whole process of actually like I can see myself in so many of the girls. And I know where I was not that long ago, really. And to now be in a position where actually I can help these girls to give them the life skills so they can cope with different scenarios better. I can help build their resilience. I can help build their confidence that hopefully they can thrive in the world instead of just doing the world and being in the world and going through those motions and, and hitting those dark times. Giving them, well, you're giving them, like I said, so many layers of things. You're giving them skills you're giving them an experience of themselves you're helping them to see that they're not alone you're inspiring them for them for their own futures there's just so many positive things that are coming out of that and you're also you've also now started an an allotment haven't you for adults with gps referring yes so i always wanted us to create a series that would suit all ages that would cover sort of everybody and so the adult allotment sites is the first ones in Toaster in Northamptonshire. The first one, there's going to be more. Definitely. Um, but yeah, the first one, it's it's very different to the school programmes. The aim is very much focused around a traditional allotment site, but to making it a lot safer and friendlier than from my experience and just a great place to be. And it's giving people their own bespoke allotment plot within the site so it's given them total control which I think is really important but it's a much the plot is a much smaller I call them cheese wedges because that's what they look like really so it's all circular formation with an amazing sensory bed in the middle oh, and they get their own cheese wedge which they can do whatever they like with so yeah they don't have the daunting process of taking on a full-size allotment or a half-size allotment that's totally overgrown they get it ready to go mine was totally overgrown when I got it so I wanted to at least give them something where they can start straight away and they don't have that first initial battle. But yeah, they can grow whatever they want in it, where they want to grow veg, cut flowers, they want to fill it entirely with potatoes or they want to do rows of different veg. They can do whatever they want. They can dig it, no dig it. There's no rules as long as they come along, use the space and that and that that's it really that's the only that's the only rules there is and it's for me it's yeah it's giving them a space where they can grow their own food grow themselves talk to other people and get to other people if they want to because you've got um set times haven't you when you're there as well so i'm there and volunteers are there so i'm there twice a week 
um, at set times. They can, they come. They have to be there for those set times, but they can come any other time as well. So as long as the gates are open, they can come. So that part of it is very much like a traditional allotment in terms of I don't want to stop them. If they want to go there every day, all day, then they they can do that. But as long as they come on those times when I'm there, then that that's the main focus. And then obviously, then it gives me a chance to be with them. I can give them a gardening advice if they want it. I can also just be somebody to listen listen to them and that's what it's about really it's just giving them a safe space where they can grow and build their confidence and get some yummy food out of it as well yeah and it's got similar similar ethos and benefits to working with the young teenagers that we were describing and all the different layers of how that will be helping is it mainly women or is it a mixture no it's anybody men women anybody can come to that come to that issue whoever yeah whoever whoever gets in touch and gets the spaces first basically so yeah it's gp psychiatrist referral um, yeah. to anybody that wants that wants a space really and at the moment presumably that you're not being able to operate any of this because of the lockdown exactly yeah i've even limited me being up there just because for safety at the mm. moment so yeah it was about to open literally just before lockdown did you have people already i was about so, yeah and then this all happened so I thought the last thing GPs want is me coming in and speaking to like they're, they're busy they don't need the extra stuff on their plate and two obviously we couldn't I couldn't have anybody on the site anyway at the moment and even volunteers that are spaced out so oh yeah I've put it on hold until and then as soon as everything's lifted and we're back to whatever the new normal is then people can access the spaces straight away and that I, I think there's going to be even more of a demand than there was than there would have been before Yes, and it's just a shame it wasn't already peopled because in, there might have been a way to have been able to allow people still to come in shifts or something. But getting it all started actually is not possible during lockdown, is it? It's very, yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, and I think many charitable cultural therapies have had to close as well. So I think all of the ones that would normally be open have totally closed down as well. So it's, yeah. We'll get going. As soon as it's all over, we will go. And tell us about your book. There's a couple of things that are very exciting that you're doing coming up very soon. The book is one. Tell us about this. So the book is surprisingly all about how to grow your own food. It's called You Can Grow Your Own Food. And it's all around inspiring particularly children that they can and they can achieve anything they want to. But obviously the book in particular is about growing their own food. I love that emphasis on can. Yes, it's very important, I think, because, yeah, we get told we, we can't do a lot. Well, some people get told they can't do a lot. They can't do things all the time. And I think it's all about empowering and inspiring children. That's what it's about. And so it's written and designed for them. Um, so it's their book to own, their book to get covered in soil, their book to fill mm. with pen and paper and photos and all sorts of stuff. But it's taking everything that you'd see in a traditional adult grow your own book and simplifying it so that a child can understand it the target age range is 7 to 11 so we've had lots of children within that range test it to make sure that they can read it and understand it on their own but as I say other people could could read it as well it sounds really great and and I've seen it actually the um, images are just fabulous as well thank you it's yeah it's trying to make it one I wanted to make it really fun and bright and colorful so it's so many different colors going on but also it's about all the imagery for me had to be realistic 
So if they go into a garden centre, they're going into a shop and they want to buy the things they need to grow, I wanted the images to look exactly like what they're going to see in the garden centre. There's no confusion. And even in the carrots yeah. bits where I've done a guide to growing carrots, I've taken a picture from my allotment when I was growing carrots and half of them are straight, half of them are totally wonky. And that's the image that, that that's in the book because actually that's the reality. If I put a picture of perfect carrots in there, which is what you see in most books, it's not realistic half the time, especially if you're brand new to gardening. It's not. You end yeah. up with one with and that's what I want them to see is the reality of actually what what was most likely going to what they're most likely going to get. I love that because what that does is instead of them having a slight sense of disappointment and thinking they haven't quite got it right, instead of which they've got, oh my goodness, yeah, these look like these look like the ones in the book. Yeah, exactly. So the, tell us when the book is coming out. So the book's available on Amazon to pre-order now, and then it is out in all bookshops on the 11th of June. So not too long now. No, it's really soon. And that pre-ordering phase is really important, isn't it? Because if people pre-order, that let that gets Amazon sitting up and taking notice and pushing it up whatever rankings or whatever. But yes. that's helpful, isn't it, if people exactly. pre-order? Exactly, yeah. It's, pre-orders is really important for sales and for also for it being recognized and yeah in terms of rankings and different things like that it's really important so yeah that's the place to be and then it's retailing at 7.99 so hopefully lots of people will be able to afford it which was super important for me when we were creating the book and sometimes actually it's even cheaper isn't it on amazon so that's brilliant yes keep an eye out when it goes up and down and then the other thing that you're involved in in and this is something you've created yourself as well is the national growing for well-being week yes that's correct it started last year um because i felt like i needed something else to do weirdly enough um <laughs> and then and it was um, such a great success last year and so yeah it's carrying on so it's the first the 7th of june so not long away either and it's basically it's a whole week to celebrate how amazing growing your own food can be for your physical and mental health for the reasons we've discussed today but for so many other reasons it can be amazing it's magical but it's also about yeah. inspiring other people to give it a go or see those benefits because actually somebody might have been growing their own food for a long time and they might love it but they might not have actually realized because they haven't consciously thought about it how much it's helped them as much as much as obviously more than just the food on their plate so it's about inspiring new people to see those benefits or to just give their own growing their own food a go if potentially they're thinking I'm struggling with some element of their well-being maybe they might inspire them to give it a go so it's all about sharing stories sharing what people are up to how it's helped them but also giving loads of brand new resources available to schools adults charities care homes so everyone's got more things that they can be doing at the moment and easy activities and then also we're having lots of competitions and yeah it'll be a good fun week and how can people find out and get involved in that so all the information is on the main website with everything else so it's life at number 27.com and then i think it's slash national growing for wellbeing week but it's all on the main website so it's all linked there i'll put that in the show notes as well so that people can find it and you know before we before we finish because i feel as though we might be coming to the end i just want to say how inspiring i find you thank you there's something about your can-do attitude that you're just not letting things get in your way and you've had your challenges with mental health and you've discovered how much growing has helped them, helped you. 
and now you're sharing it. And that, I think, is a really, really powerful thing to be doing. I really, really, really think that's wonderful. And as you know, I want to support you as much as I can. And it's brilliant. Thank you. I absolutely love doing it. It's a dream come true for me to be able to do it. So, yeah, it's brilliant. And, yeah, I just love it to pieces. So it's good. Oh, well, it's good. And I'm looking forward to possibly doing something with you for National Growing for Wellbeing Week and um, to catching up again soon. So thank you, Annabelle. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed and are inspired by today's conversation. You can find us both on Instagram. Annabelle is at life at number 27 and I'm at growthfully. Do also check out Annabelle's website, which has lots of information and a lovely video of her backstory on it. The address is www.lifeatnumber27.com. I'd also love to hear your thoughts on anything we've discussed today. So please feel free to DM me or contact me through my website. The details are coming up. The show notes for this episode are on my website at www.growthfully.co.uk where you can also find out how I can help you get inspired in your own garden. My new Stay Home and Garden video session is a chance to get thinking about your garden and your well-being and about what you want in terms of design, planting, productivity and more with my help. We start with a lovely relaxing visualisation and take it from there. Full details are on my website. And if you'd like to share the love, please do subscribe, rate and review this podcast. It really does help others find us. So I think that's it. Until next time, I hope you enjoy your garden.